1: Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we bring on guests that help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do better. And of course, one of the things that I don't think we do really well is trying to figure out how to acquire new donors. And once we get our donors, what are we doing to activate them? And when do we activate them? What are we doing to appreciate them? There's a lot to unpack. So I, of course, we seek out folks who can answer the question. I found one, folks. I have found one. And she is my guest today. It is Maria Clark. She's the Executive Vice President of Good United, She's also their chief evangelist, which I think is a good title that I think everyone should steal, uh, who is uh, out to apostatize for what they do. Maria, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Patrick. I'm so happy to be here and tell you more about Good United. And like you said, I love being an evangelist. It's my favorite title I've ever held. And, uh, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for me to put that into practice and, and to tell you and your listeners so much more about what Good United can do for your nonprofit.
0: I like it. Uh, I love the fact that you have a a saying within your office, and I've stolen this from you, that I will say it out here, that you say, do less better. Uh, uh, Let's talk about that first, because I think that's a really good intro to not only what you do, um, but uh, why that is so important in a world in which all of us wear 10,000 different hats.
1: Yes. Well, that's why I was so intrigued with the title of your program, Do Good Better. I thought so unique how closely aligned that is with our kind of internal mantra. But Do Less Better is really about how we prioritize our work. Uh, How do we test, you know, hypotheses, test strategies, find those that work and really hone in on them? And it's been a really uh, nice, refreshing change for me coming from a place where I was a, a leader for a nationwide nonprofit. And you know, in the nonprofit space and all the listeners do, there's always something that needs to be done. But sometimes we find ourselves going down rabbit holes or chasing squirrels because a volunteer thinks we should do it or someone decides, hey, we should try this. And I think there's always an opportunity to be a little bit more disciplined. Uh, the value that we bring as individuals and employees and the time we spend is, you know, really important. And so why are we spending it on things that we are not sure are going to work? So Do Less Better for Good United is really thinking about what we're doing and figuring out where can we best spend our time to get the biggest return for our nonprofit partners.
0: Step one, eliminate TikTok from your phone or just block it for the day. Step number two, learn about Good United. So let's uh, start at a 5,000-foot view on what is Good United. It's not a soccer team, though I feel like you could eventually, and I want you to send this off uh, for notes. I think you need to at least least ask Nick and Jeremy to consider the fact when you grow to the size that you should. Uh, I need you to just become a sponsor for a soccer team? Because I feel like you are just in the perfect realm for it and you should start.
1: Right. So we'll have the next Ted Lasso series, right? I
0: feel like this is a really good idea. Okay. So uh, Good United, let's talk about what it is, uh, how it started, and and, and why we're chatting today.
1: Well, great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So at Good United, we partner with nonprofits of all shapes and sizes to help empower them to raise their relationships with every one of their supporters on social media. We use a great combination of data science and human judgment to really understand, inspire, and grow relationships with every one of those supporters, but we do it at scale. And why that's important is we are gonna bring the people, we're gonna bring technology, and we're gonna bring processes. The nonprofit brings a compelling mission and impact And together, we are going to change the world. We're going to help nonprofits acquire constituents who have never been asked to support your cause before. We're going to raise you some nice, significant uh, revenue. And we're going to give you the opportunity to start a relationship that will go on for hopefully many years. Um, That is critical in the nonprofit world, as you know well. There are lots of choices out there of who people can give their their enthusiasm and their energy and their revenue too. When you have a relationship with donors, you're just going to increase their engagement with you and increase lifetime value. So we are all about uh, empowering nonprofits to really embrace the next wave. I believe the next wave of giving in the nonprofit world
0: said uh, several interesting things. One that uh, inspires me and three that confuse and scare me. Okay. The okay, so number one, I uh, I appreciate you. And what Good United is uh, purposefully created for is building long-term relationships. This isn't shot in the dark, one-time gifts. It's allowing you a runway to build long-term relationships with people who currently don't know who the hell you are, number one. What frightens me and confuses me, and I think most uh, nonprofits would agree, is the word data science and social media plus process. Ah, my brain exploded. I'm just a person who likes to tell stories, but I know nothing about this. So I think if we could spend a little bit of time on that part, because I think we know what we bring to the table. We know storytelling. We know impact stories. We got that down to, a well, science. What is the other stuff? And how do we kind of um, work backwards from kind of explaining uh, what the Good United does on the back end to make this okay. sort of, like super techie thing work to help us with all of these stuff?
1: super tech thing and and raise some super awesome dollars. Let's start with social media fundraising. Um, And I truly believe it's the next wave of giving for nonprofits. And what I'm talking about is decades ago, we literally went door to door, right? Do you recall that time? Many, many, many years ago. Then we moved to direct mail. A lot of nonprofits invested in direct mail, literally mailing solicitation pieces. Some still do today and actually works for some of our donors. Um, However, that's evolved. The next way was really around uh, event websites. As we uh, built peer-to-peer fundraisers, we had uh, beautiful event websites that made it easy for people to register and fundraise. Uh, Along with that was a lot of work uh, using email to communicate with donors, uh, a way to stay in touch and engage them using email. The next way is social, as I believe on social media, uh, we have people that uh, want to stay in channel, is what we call it. If they come to you or find you on Facebook, what an amazing way to keep them in channel, to communicate with them, help them uh, fundraise, ask them to support us, but all staying within that channel. And why that's important is, you know, this when you go shopping, if you have to do four or five clicks and go from two to three different websites, you're not going to finish. Fatigue, you're done. We create a frictionless way uh, to keep people, to engage people and then keep them involved using that social media platform. And right now, Facebook's where it's at. So that's kind of the third wave of giving in social is, you know, on social media. Um, I think it's really going to change the industry.
0: I think one of the things that um, nonprofits are always looking at is like, okay, well, and now there's Instagram and now there's Twitter and now there's TikTok and now there's this thing and then this thing. And, oh, maybe we should go in Discord and maybe we should try Twitch channel and maybe we should go back to like, it is a never ending addition to the things that we think we need to learn, but you've chosen Facebook as your platform. And I love this because I too have chosen that as my my platform of choice and for communication. Why and, and maybe I will send. Uh, here's my gut uh, sense of the uh, why is that's where people who have uh, resources uh, live. It's where the grandmas and grandpas who um, are still communicating and watching photos of their grandkids live. That's why I've always uh, championed Facebook as like a, a really good platform. But why Facebook for your chosen, uh, you know, specific? sort of niche there. Yeah,
1: where we've where we found some wonderful success. Well, remember we talked about do less better and you talked about that litany of social media platforms. They're all important and they all play a role in today's world. But the reality is if you look at actual giving on social media, 90% of that is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook has created an easy way for people to fundraise or for people to donate. Um, and so going back to our uh I guess, mantra to stay focused. We are staying focused on Facebook right now because that's where people are giving. Also, there are 3 billion people on Facebook. There's a heck of a lot of people on there that have not heard of your cause and we want to help you tell them. And again, it's easy to give. um, It's easy to find. And there is a beautiful sense of community that is evolving on Facebook that Good United is taking advantage of. We're building communities around causes that people really feel uh, a part of. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what people are seeking right now, especially the last 18 months with COVID when we're, you know, sheltering in place, and not leaving our homes and homeschooling and working from home. Uh, that traditional uh, geographical sense of community is a little shaky right now. And Good United has created this uh, Facebook challenges that provide a sense of community where I'm seeing the same emotion that we used to feel when we show up for a walk or a thon, or you know, an event, even a gala. It's that same sense of uh, emotion and sense of belonging in, in, in groups. And so that's why Facebook is really our priority right now. However, does not mean we are not exploring, building products, understanding technologies for wherever the next place uh, becomes easy to give and can give the same benefits that we're, we're seeing right now on Facebook. So I think there's a lot of platforms that'll be next and we are poised and ready, but we don't want to spend limited resources exploring things where we don't know what the return is, as opposed to really leaning in right now on Facebook and getting the return as much return as we can for our nonprofit partners. So
0: yes, definitely
1: there, do less better, focus where we know it works. And um, that's where we're taking, applying that mysterious human science. I'm sorry, data science and human judgment. <laughs>
0: I think it's really good advice too, is that um, when you do have 10,000 different options, choosing yeah. a path and doing it really well is a really good course of action. If you're in a nonprofit, you come along uh, a number of these uh, decisions. So that's good advice in, in any situation. Yes. is just like, let's pick a lane and let's get really good at it. And then we can sort of uh, expand yep. from there. I think yeah. a lot of nonprofits might have um, uh, some like sort of dog ears go up, like Facebook fundraising. Um, some of them who do Facebook fundraisers themselves, Um, are always looking for what additional information can we get about those donors who donate to Facebook um, fundraisers. One of the mysteries uh, that uh, Facebook keeps under wraps is who those people are and how to get a hold of them. Is this something that you're solving?
1: Yes. (gasps) Yes.
0: If you could Open see- up your ears, people. We got an emergency. We need to pay attention now because this right. is the crux of a lot of issues that I think a lot of people have with Facebook fundraisers is they never know what to do because they don't know where the information is. So let's right. all pay attention. Let's get our listening ears on, kids, and we're going to pay attention to Maria because she has answers.
1: Right? I do have answers. I was nodding my head emphatically. Could you hear that? I don't know if you could hear it. So... That's one of the limitations that this next wave of social um, media, you know, nonprofit giving has has developed is it. You're not able to see the unique identifiers who raised the money, uh, who donated to your campaign, who started a fundraiser, and you're not getting any kind of uh, information back from Facebook as a nonprofit. When uh, Facebook fundra- birthday fundraisers exploded in you know 2018, 2019, it was fabulous. And I know nonprofits across the, the gamut were just getting checks, right? They would get their monthly check from Facebook. And it was absolutely fantastic. And you would deposit it and your board or your leadership would say, that's great. Where'd it come from? And all you could say was Facebook and you would smile. And I was actually at a conference uh, probably early 2018 where we literally talked about, is it worth investing in this Facebook fundraising when we can't even get the information. We don't even know who the donors are. We can't put them in our CRM. I mean, there were some organizations making a decision not to invest in that, not to turn it on because we couldn't get enough information. However, along came good United, of which now I am so excited to be a part of where we have a relationship with Facebook.
0: Mm.
1: We get a tremendous amount of data that is now available to our nonprofit partners. Uh, we created a, a nice, we call it the web app, very creative name, very. for our partners, we give them access to, they really can dig deep into the information that it is being collected on Facebook, that it is available. If you partner with us, uh, we know who started a fundraiser, how much they donated, how many other people donated to their cause um, what information they share about their, why um, we also can record did they give? Did they start a birthday fundraiser and start participating in a Facebook challenge? So, a whole plethora. And the beautiful thing, the gold star is that that uh, desirable thing that every nonprofit wants we have their email addresses. Mm. Um, and we're getting amazing um, opt in rates or conversion rates from people who join a challenge, who then we convert to start a fundraiser, who then we get them to opt into Messenger. And when you get into Messenger, you've hit the sweet spot because that, as you said, is where you can create that lifelong relationship. So, yes, we are able to give our partners access to an amazing amount of information and data. And since it is so new, we're still working with our partners to figure out how the heck to use it the most of it. Um, But it is a rich source of information that you currently just can't get um, working directly with, you know, birthday fundraisers or other Facebook fundraising. No, thing, yeah.
0: that's great one of the things that i uh that i fear in the fall here and then even into early 2022 is that this uh new rona rona 2.0 uh uh-huh. is going to force a couple of us to go back to the, the old virtual drawing board which means okay. that this is a viable uh and probably necessary action plan that a lot of nonprofits need to do get into the virtual arena, start soliciting uh, in the virtual world again. Um, You did it once, you can do it again. I believe in you, you're going to be fine. Um, But one of those things is now, if you're going to transfer events, these are options, right? So you've got peer-to-peer fundraising that you do, you get your walk pamphlet, you go and raise your money, you go door-to-door and you turn all your money in, you get your t-shirt. Well, that probably isn't going to happen a lot. And especially if you've got an autoimmune disease organization, or you've got individuals who are probably shouldn't be in the space. Okay. Maybe you have a gala that you don't need, but people want to help period. They want to help. Like you just said at the top of this thing, there are people who don't know your organization, but if they did, they would really like it. So let's go and get to know them and then ask them for money and then get them in the hopper. This is one of those things where you will want to have as another arrow in your quiver when you have to go and you're not, you're forced to go into a different direction because that's what we do in the nonprofit world. We are uh, swift of foot. And this gives you another way to engage. And now you're empowered with information that you didn't once have. Because I think a lot of nonprofits and back to your board, getting this money with this giant check is now, what do we do with it? And the answer prior to you is nothing you can't you can give a general blanketed thank you, but that's not going to bond everybody to your nonprofit It's just somebody who asked somebody else instead of now you get to interact with them and then of course third party endorsement is exponentially more important than first party solicitation and all of a sudden you're now weaving these two things together and poof you've got a fundraising plan that's more than just a hope wing and a prayer on somebody's birthday. <sighs>
1: Wow. You're good. You've covered a lot. You've covered a lot, but you know, that is, there's, there's so many things that were true in the in statements you made um, the reason in my previous role at a large nonprofit, why we even embarked on a partnership with good United was because of COVID and we had to cancel, you know, thousands of events nationwide. So I initially went into the partnership thinking that this would, um, I don't want to say replace events, but supplement events. And what I found is that we're standing up a whole new revenue stream that a nonprofit can forecast to, can budget for, and can plan for. And that's completely different. So don't think of it as replacing, but it's additive. Mm
0: -hmm. And the
1: reason I say that is that we're finding a lot of nonprofits are comparing comparing who comes in through Facebook challenges that they partner with us on to their existing donor file, and they're 90% net new. So you truly are acquiring new donors who may or might not ever come through in your event space. Um, So yes, it is a great uh, fill-in if you are uh, having to cancel your events or your portfolio for COVID, hopefully not, but possibly. But don't think of it just as, as a replacement. Think of it as truly additive to your organization and truly a new revenue stream. It's standing up, we're building infrastructure around it, you're building year-long strategies behind it that you can then report back to your board, to your leadership, um, help them understand uh, the value that these Facebook challenges are bringing to your organization, not just revenue raised, but really building an infrastructure, replacing donor files. It's harder and harder to get new people to find you and to support you. So we're building those precious donor files that really will help programs across your organization. Um, And when you have a relationship with them and you have a methodology to communicate with them, think of what you can tell them and you don't have to move them off of Facebook. If we can get them to opt into messenger, you have the opportunity to now talk to them just like you would through email, just like you would, if you're standing on stage at a gala, just like you would, if you're kicking off your event, you know, your 5k or whatever the case may be, you can communicate with them, in a channel they've chosen with a mission they care about. So there's a lot of beauty there.
0: (laughs) I think one of the things that the challenge uh, to a nonprofit is retention rate, And if you can eliminate the idea that you need to replenish 60% of your donors every single year, because now you get a chance to talk with them all the time. And I think a lot of people say, well, I don't have the time to talk to them all the time. Well, if they're in your Facebook channel and they're paying attention to you, all of a sudden they're forced to because it's popping up. And it's you've got access to them and they're searching you out because you're part of their world now. I think one of the questions that I had to as a follow-up too, just to kind of clarify for those who are sort of new to the Facebook fundraising world, too, is the difference between challenges and fundraisers for your birthday. Right. Because right. those have two separate sort of connotations and they've got two separate realms in which you can draw. Uh, new names from so maybe kind of talk a little bit about the difference between the two uh and then we got a, another way to sort of plan budgeting question after this so okay, let's do it for you
1: no i'm glad you said that because i was thinking as i was speaking that we haven't taken a step back and given the overarching explanation i guess i missed that in the first question but right there are two different ways so birthday fundraisers happen what we call organically um they may uh um, fundraiser birthday fundraisers may see an ad or just think about a, a nonprofit and then that's who they choose to donate to you know to start a fundraiser for so we we work uh, with those nonprofits on managing that space and again we call it democratizing the donor or the nonprofit supporter experience so giving the nonprofits the ability to thank and cultivate every single person that starts a birthday fundraiser whether they raise $10 or $10,000 they should be thanked, appreciated and told about how their dollars are impacting that mission. And so we do that, you know, with a, birth- with a birthday, with the birthday fundraisers. we call it direct. So we have a whole set of series again um, to get people to uh, opt into messenger um, and to make sure that we're thanking them. So that's one part of it and that's ongoing and that source of revenue, you can't necessarily plan for, because you don't know who's going to start a fundraiser, but You can make sure that anyone who does gets red carpet treatment, you know, just like that major donor that gives to a gala. So that's great over there. Facebook challenges are um, more, you know, the word says itself, challenges. So it's a uh, specific time frame uh, with an activity that's connected to a mission. So a 30-mile walk for uh, pancreatic cancer or whatever the case may be. I'm making it up, but we work very closely with our nonprofit partners to determine what is the best activity. Uh, what uh, you know, how do you depict your cause? And that's where we use that data science and human judgment to create Facebook ads that will attract the most people who will, within five seconds, decide I want to do that that's when we click, they click on to get more information, to join the group. We convert them to becoming a fundraiser. We get them to opt in a messenger and you, the nonprofit now have a relationship with someone who has joined a challenge. Um, and those, uh, once we test a pilot with a nonprofit partner, then we sit down and figure out a year long strategy. What are the best months to do it? Uh, you know, when do you see the biggest rise? Is there an awareness month? So all the different factors that can determine what's going to give us the best success for those Facebook challenges. And so in that situation, you are acquiring new donors every time you have a challenge. And when I talk about forecasting, if you have a year uh, round strategy that you've worked out with us in place, that's what you take to your board. We're going to have X challenges. We are going to, it's going to be this cost. And this is the revenue we're going to, you know, we're going to, acquire for your organization for our organization. And we hope to have, you know, this many thousands of new supporters by the end of the, the strategy. So it's two different, very different ways of doing it, but Good United has different um technology and processes for both to get the most out of those individual participants, regardless of how they come into your organization. And you know, of course ultimately keep them.
0: I think one of the important things to remember too as you're listening to this is that you don't have to give up your awesome fundraising plans as is. And I think part of this is to how to marry the two together. So if you have an opportunity like this and you have a donor who might be interested in a matching challenge that you can add on to some of these Facebook uh, challenges themselves, is that now you get to actually go back to that particular donor and say, listen, what if we use your gift as a challenge?" for this particular challenge. And now that every dollar that you, that we bring in can be matched by yours. Your 10,000 can be 20, your thousand can be two. And all of a sudden that your, um, Donor to donor, you know, your donor to uh, one on ones gets to have a really intimate conversation about how to talk about elevating and multiplying their own generosity. So now it's getting you back into the field and giving them another angle on why they should support you and get them super excited about something that they never even considered before in the first place. That's just using every one of the skill sets that you have as a development director and as a fundraiser and in a volunteer capacity to build excitement. You're already providing the stories to our friends over a good United you're already preventing uh, you know you're pre- uh, presenting challenges and, and sort of impact stories uh, that you give over and over again. Well this gives you again another way to tell your story and to engage your already engaged donors even more.
1: Correct and I love the way you said I uh, said said that because earlier I mentioned we're building communities. so the Facebook challenges are really uh, based on this the Facebook group that accompanies the challenge. And that's where we're seeing unbelievable interaction, dynamic conversations, uh, people sharing their stories and and offering support. The nonprofit can also make sure if someone mentions they have a need for support, they can immediately be a part of that conversation and and direct the supporters to their website or to their 1-800 number or whatever the resources are to making sure that the people that are part of this group uh, now see the value of that organization and helping families through whatever the cause might be or, or helping individuals through that cause. So the group has been a wonderful place to build a true sense of community around a cause with people that care and are willing to share. And it's really wonderful to see um, when people are sharing how other people in the group react to it and provide support and congratulations. And it's just become this beautiful uh, ongoing conversation with people that never met each other, may not even live close to each other, but care about the cause that they both you know, opted in to be a part of. So the sense of community in the Facebook groups around our Facebook challenges are really, I'm just was shocked by the feeling of emotion. I'm A long time, my career in the nonprofit world was really around peer-to-peer events. And and you've probably been to many, too. And it's just wonderful, the feeling that you get when you show up and you're hugging people and you're recognizing survivors. And it's an amazing feeling. But these Facebook uh, groups, community groups, are the same feeling. And people are getting the same engagement and evoking the same emotions that we used to, that many people relied on, you know, for face-to-face. It's another option.
0: One of the things that um, the, uh, the most um, poo-pooing naysayers would be like, budget? How do we plan a budget around this? This sounds like crazy talk. And of course, there will be that crank tanker's board member in the back going, I don't even know what the Facebook is. Yeah. Would you put it, a book in it in my face? Like, they're going to be sarcastic about the whole thing. It's be crazy. So uh, I think it would behoove uh, the conversation to sort of move in a direction on how do you sell this to a budgeted, projected... Um, piece of revenue to your bottom line because the to throw caution to the wind on a Facebook fundraiser currently is we hope people donate and hope people see it. And we hope people have somebody who have a network big enough to implore that they give at least 10 bucks. So uh, to the giant naysayers that say you cannot plan a budget for this, how would you say the opposite? I
1: say you must find a budget for this. Because this is a long-term strategy, just like uh, you know, a couple of years ago we built up. You know, we have to invest in major gift development, so we have to build our major gift department, right? Or we really see value in expanding our event portfolio, and we're going to invest in that for future growth. So, I really implore nonprofits to think about this as a long-term investment. It's not exorbitant, you know, cost, but it is. You know, you pay for other technology. You've paid for event websites. You've paid for um, mailing lists back in the day. You probably pay for email lists. So, think of it along those lines. And what we what we do is just you know we have a subscription fee when you you know join Good United, of course, for the Good United services that we bring to the table: the people, the resources, the technology. Um, and then if you so choose to do a Facebook challenge, there is a nominal fee for each of those challenges based on the number of fundraisers you have. So, and we work with, you know, nonprofits of all sizes. So I don't believe the cost is exorbitant enough to prohibit somebody from trying it. But I do understand the challenges, like you mentioned, of where we're going to find the budget. And once a budget's set, you can't go back to the board. You know, what, how are we going to get it? I mean, that's just... I think there needs to be creative understanding between departments that if you have some uh, innovation rep, you know, an innovation budget, or you see you're not spending as much as you had planned to in your event space because we canceled events. I mean, there really has to be some creative understanding at a high level so we don't get stuck in silos and the answer is simply, I can't do it. I don't have the budget. Because it really is a long-term investment for the organization, not just for whomever is the executive sponsor in that nonprofit. Because they're really all over the place. Some are in the digital, some are in innovation, some are in marketing, many are in events, and you can't really look at it in silos. So I get it that you you can't just you know create money out of the air, create budget. But I think if you look at it as a long-term investment, and what would you what have you done in the past to build up other revenue streams? That's where you take take a look at it from a completely different angle and realize it is a long-term investment.
0: Along with every other thing that uh, some of the boards poo-poo or at least sort of uh, (laughs) shake their heads out of the gate is I would always suggest to a nonprofit to think differently about ways you can approach current donors or potential donors in order to help underwrite some of these interesting things. And that's whether it's bringing in a speaker for an event or trying a new program here is that what a great opportunity for those who really love your organization have the capacity to sort of help in a different way is, Hey, help us take a risk. I know you do that, but they're trying to protect their investment from a program standpoint help us protect the our investment by helping us uh formulate this game plan and you can use it for anything you know use this tactic to go in and say hey listen we'd love to try a couple of these things we know that we're kind of on um uh, on, a, on a specific budget, but we've got an idea that this could be this, this, and this. And again, whatever new thing that you, you want to try, there's somebody within your donor ranks that would be interested to try it too. Find that entrepreneurial person that goes, yeah, I can see mitigating a risk here by helping out uh, X, Y, and Z. So if you ever come across those, those, uh, those issues, I guess, with your board or your leadership, find a donor who also has that same sort of insight and sort of uh, objectivity to say that this is a really good, positive thing that we could do. And I'll help you try it too.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think that's, it's really, I think a very smart nonprofit who's looking ahead, you know, forward thinking, you know, building the infrastructure now for what they can accomplish. And I get that it's hard, but I think that's a great idea. I think there's tremendous sponsorship opportunities here and partnering opportunities Mm -hmm. um, for someone who will receive, for a company that will receive benefits in a completely different way. It's not a logo on a banner at an event, right? It's going to be a completely different way um, to share how you're partnering with this nonprofit. So I think that's wonderful.
0: And I, think I everybody's, look
1: at it, And you know? everybody's
0: looking for a different way and a different angle on how to be uh, unique from either your other sponsor or underwriter, et cetera. What a nice opportunity for there too. Um, Maria, if somebody is super curious about this and they wanna know more, they're probably gonna need a website or some sort of contact information probably. to find somebody who is the, evang- uh, the evangelist and wants to reach out and say, I'm interested. Show me more. How on earth do we get a hold of you?
1: Sure. Well, I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me. Look look up Maria Clark at Good United. Um, and I would love to have a conversation with anyone at any time to tell you about my experience personally when I work for a nonprofit and what it's been like and the successes I've seen the last six months here in this role. So let's talk for sure. Um, there are also some amazing resources on goodunited.io. That's our website. Uh, we have uh, case studies of, you know, nonprofits that we've partnered with, and they really tell you the story about why they got in, involved in partnering with with us and what kind of results they experienced. And there's just some really good articles. Uh, if you if you're such a new nonprofit to Facebook, there's a really good, uh, uh, I'm sorry, resource just about how do you fundraise on Facebook. Give you the the X's and the O's to create a you know a battle plan just for Facebook fundraising. So I would encourage anybody to visit that website. Play around, look at all the resources, and then we also have a blog. I'm sorry, a podcast oh. that we're getting started very soon. Yes. Um, and you're on my invitation list, so yes. you'll be invited soon. But I'm really happy to announce that we launched our first in uh, first podcast series last month. It's called Nonprofit Innovators. And uh, what I really what I really want this uh, podcast to be about is highlighting uh, and, and celebrating the leaders in the nonprofit world who are taking this innovative approach to fundraising, trying something new. I know the challenge of how hard it is to uh, get nonprofits, sometimes boards, sometimes leaders, to think differently and change the way they work. And so I really want to celebrate innovative leaders, and not just those who partner with Good United, but those in the industry overall that are trying something new. There's amazing talent. I know you know this, Patrick, but there's amazing talent in the nonprofit world that don't often get recognized. They are asked to do amazing you know, amazing things with no budget and limited resources. And we just cut high for staff, but you still need to go raise more. And so I really want to highlight them. I want to highlight and give uh, the opportunity to just sit down and have the same kind of conversation we're having today with these leaders in the industry. And I think we can all learn from each other. We can all build together this next wave of giving, you know, for the nonprofit world on social media, but, and learn from each other. So I'm really excited. So that also is on the website, Nonprofit Innovators, or you can go wherever you get your other podcasts, you know, your Apple, your, you know, Anywhere you go to look for your current podcast, it's going to be posted there for you as well. So love for all of you to join us as well. And we definitely have to have you on Patrick since we both have good in our, the company names. I think it's a match made in heaven.
0: Agreed. I think so. Um, We'll put all of those in the show notes. So everybody go and click on those if you're done listening to this and then go immediately to go find Maria on LinkedIn and then go find everybody on the website and uh, learn a little bit more. What I do appreciate um, uh, probably as much as anything is having somebody with your experience in the field to be relatable to those on how you can use it in practical sense. Uh, I think not enough companies who sort of have this sort of these random ideas of good fundraising uh, never go to those who have worked uh, countless hours in boots on the ground doing events and stuff galore. So that is super helpful. And uh, I'm sure in your conversations you have, well, "Hey, have you tried this, this, and this? Because we're born helpers and that's kind of what we do. Uh, so <laughs> give Maria a call. That's going to be great. I cannot uh, thank you enough for uh, sharing time with us on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thanks so much for being an awesome guest.
1: You are more than welcome. I look forward to talking to many of your listeners, and I sure hope we stay in touch, Patrick, and definitely look for an invitation to nonprofit innovators very, very soon.
0: Done and done. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon.
1: Okay. Thanks so much.
0: Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So, I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So, if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogood, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.